you ever hear the one about the podcast? Well, there's this podcast, right? They talked about horror movies and scary stories, but it turns out that one of the co-hosts was actually an escaped mental patient from a local mental institution. They have been sent to the mental institution because they swore a person was killing their friends based on famous urban legends. And no one believed them. No matter how much they pleaded, no one believed them, and they were sent away. But as it turns out, on one of the episodes, the host started talking about urban legends and certain horror movies, and something just snapped with this mental patient. They are moving through the podcast as normal, but as the episode was ending, the mental patient killed the other co-hosts. It happened to a friend of a friend of mine. So it has to be true. He told me his brother went to the university the mental patient went to, and was there at the studio when the co-hosts were murdered. <laughs> Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! That's the power of Christ compels you! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. <laughs> Welcome back, all you creatures of the night, to the It Records podcast. It is I, Matt Johnson, one of your many hosts of the show, and I am joined, as always, with the ever-charming Peter and Lindsay guys. Thanks for being here once again. Thanks. We're back at it again. Here we go again. Here we go. Very literally um, with the movie that we chose today. But we're back to talk horror movies. Glad you guys could be here. Um, If you're tuning in for the first time, uh, not the first time. You know what? If you are, welcome. Thanks for (laughs) picking this episode to be your first. Um, But uh, if you've been listening, what we've been doing these past couple episodes is choosing movies that we've done in the past, bringing them out from the vault. And kind of uh, looking at them with a different perspective and getting Lindsay's perspective as well. Because these are these are old episodes. These are years. We had to brush the dust off of them and rehash some, uh, some old thoughts. But before we kind of uh, launch into the movie for this week, the one that we looked at, guys, I'm kind of curious. What have you been watching, horror or otherwise? to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. Alright, alright, alright. Who who wants to dish it out first? Do we have any updates since the last time we uh, we talked movies? Pete? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I gotta get it my like list. You had a list or something. I do have a list. That's okay. that's why I struggled. I was was thinking, which I don't do very often. <laughs> so I've watched a couple things. Let's see. I'm trying to think where I left off from the last episode. Yeah, I'd have to think it's about it. But I thought the last I think one I we remember. did. You were doing. You were in like a romantic comedy vibe maybe that was it I don't know. yeah you're right that is true okay 
And remember, like... I ended with Deja Vu, and I, I see it out here on my list. That's right. Okay. Because I have a Denzel di- Washington. They call it a diary, which is so it's my diary of movies. <laughs> um, so I watched. I finally watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is the Tom Hanks playing oh, uh, Mister Rogers. That is very good. I watched The Finch Dispatch. Uh, uh, when Harry Met Sally, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Men in Black mm-hmm. 2, The Mask of Zorro, One Way Train, Solaris, the Soderbergh one, the remake, uh, The First Wives Club, The Last Duel, and Father of the Bride Part 2. That is uh, oh. quite the range. That's, 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 that's me. That's how I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you had some you had some romantic comedies, I think, in there still. I right? did. So they were still peppered in there. Um, Nick and Nora. I was just looking at. I had. I was just looking at that one the other day. I have a copy of that one. I even need to rewatch one. it. I actually never saw it before. I thought I did. I think I got it confused with Youth and Revolt for some reason. Michael Sarah. Yeah. Lead. That was prime Michael Sarah years. Like right after Superbad, he had Youth and Revolt. Yeah. Year it one. Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Those are prime Michael Sarah gonna be in movies. Youth and Revolt. I have that one too. I should watch that one again at some point. I like that one. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember liking it. I feel like uh, Lindsay would really like First Wives Club. It's uh, Goldie Hawn. Um, now I'm forgetting the fucking other two women. Uh, Diane Keaton and who is Ooh. the woman in Hocus Pocus? That Midler. Yes, I was gonna so guess Bette Midler. I've never seen yeah. that movie, but okay. <laughs> I feel they're all this. They're all the same age, which I did not know. Okay, so they're like college best friends, and then they fall like they like don't talk to each other for a while, and then they get back together, being friends in their adult life, and they're all divorced, and they're trying to get back at their husbands because <laughs> they. Because that's what it's called, the First Wives Club. <laughs> that is great. I surprisingly haven't seen it, but that really sounds like it would be just up my alley. Crazy to think about. Which there's a scene in this movie, which we can get to in a second, that I was like, oh, that scene is super dated. And I don't think, I don't know if we would think it's dated, like watching it. But like, I'm sure if you ask like a Gen Z person, they'd be like, they might not register like the reference. And I'll bring Probably it up when not. we... Is it like the Pop Rocks and <laughs> that, I didn't register that one could be too, but I was thinking uh, more of the phone line and the computer, the computer and the phone line. Oh, yeah, yeah. in the dorm true. room, one hundred percent. Where she's she's like ah, she's on the computer. And she's like ah, she hears the dial tone. She's like you know I need to check my voicemails, and she turns off her computer and is like you know this is my computer too. I feel like that yeah. scene might go over the head of some like younger generation. Be like, what I, do you mean? <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, and it's such a, like a weird. It's like such a of its time because like before that, like you didn't have that issue, and then like a little True. bit later, you didn't have that issue. It's just <laughs> right. like a strictly like that time of dial up was like the issue. It was the problem because it just was awful because you couldn't do anything. You had to wait forever to do anything. You're like. Oh man, it's only going to take an hour for this webpage to load. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. This movie really captured a moment in history for us, so that forever, forever. we can we can go back to this movie and see that. But Pete, thanks for your your list, your rundown of romantic comedies and, and the and the like. But uh, Lindsay, 
Uh, how is the Bachelorette going? Was that the, the last thing we talked about, or is it the Bachelor that's on? I don't. Remember. I am watching. So I have been watching a lot more TV lately than I typically do. The Bachelor is not going well. Um, okay. They. The whole show is kind of on fire right now, which, like, you could argue that for every season. They always say it's the most dramatic season yet. But, like, this time, it's really bad. And I will continue to watch um, the season finale next week. There's two episodes left. So that has been happening. And at home, we've been, um, my husband and I, we watched only murders in the building on hulu if, oh it's a um, great show i yes. really liked that one yes we really liked it too we watched it um all on a weekend at my insistence because i had to know what happened fabulous show with steve Wharton, martin shore and i wouldn't have thought to put selena gomez mm-hmm. with them but she actually really surprised me in like a good way then we watched not all at once but we watched the get back documentary on disney plus of the Beatles. all of it yeah have you guys Impressive. watched all of that? I have not gotten through it all. I'm in the well, second yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it's good that they kind of, I mean, even though there's three parts and each part is like just under three hours, it's still a lot, obviously, to digest. So that, you know, obviously we broke up over a couple weekends, but that was really good if you're a Beatles fan, anyone out there. Um, I mean, Matt for sure is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's cool to see how a lot of those uh, songs that we see on um, Abbey Road and Let It Be, how all those come to life. It, it's just, it's great. And um, then, you know, because you got to keep things balanced and to round things out. Also, at my insistence, we're watching Married at First Sight season six. It's exactly you what it those. sounds like. You love those type of reality shows, yeah. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Like to me, like it might even be worse than The Bachelor as far as like the premise. Um, <laughs> you know, it like that show is like everything I'm against. Like I don't stand for anything and what they do in that show, and yet here we are. Yeah. What have you been watching lately? Great question. Um, I'll start with I think I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm last time we did this, but I've since concluded watching all the seasons. So I finished up watching that show. I can't believe you, you got through that quick. <laughs> Burned through them, right through them. Cause I wanted to watch them all. And then like, cause I'd only watched the first episode of season 11, the newest one. So I wanted to like rewatch them before I watched that whole season. Worth it. It was worth it. It was a good, it was a good experience to go through that whole show. I guess I'll keep to shows. Uh, I started watching some of the Simpsons cause I had never from episode one, Cause I have just seen like pockets here nice. and there. So I kind of wanted to watch it chronologically, like to see how it came out and everything. Other TV shows, uh, Murderville. I watched that, uh, which is a new show on Netflix. But yeah, so I, I watched that. There's only like six episodes, I think of that show. And they're like half hours. And the other, only other show I watched was on shutter history of horror. Eli Roth. I watched season two. Ooh. Those are, those are really good too with Eli Roth. Yeah. I'm hoping season three comes up on, Shutter soon because I think it aired in October this past October. I forgot that you told me about that show. I haven't watched it yet. Season one and two are on Shutter, um, <laughs> so me. feel free to pop in there. Uh, they're good. Season two was like slashers, I think zombies, vampires. Like each episode is kind of like a that that season was like a subgenre of a type of horror. Okay, like monsters yeah. was one. 
Uh, Slashers it had was, two two full episodes. It was extremely gotta, compelling. Both uh, seasons. I didn't watch all of them, like each season, but I saw enough. So those that wraps out TV. But for movies, I've been either watching Oscar ones like Nightmare Alley. I watched Power of the Dog, King Richard. I've watched those. Uh, I watched, watched Young Frankenstein recently. I love Young Frankenstein. I watched The Batman. Saw that in theaters. Oh, I really want to see that. Yeah, I'm seeing it on Saturday. Carve out some time for a three hour for a three hour movie, but I yeah. recommend it. The Batman. I'm seeing it like at ten in the morning on a Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> just to get myself. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be hungry, so let me just see an early movie so I can just get <laughs> lunch afterwards. And then. To kind of lead into the episode, I'll round out with, I saw, I watched Urban Legend 2, Final Cut, Urban Legend 3, Bloody Mary, and then of course, where we are right now, Urban Legend 1998, that's what we watched for this week, and that's what I watched as well, directed by, I believe it's Jamie Blanks, and then it was written by Silvio Horta, Jamie Blanks, who almost directed, I know you did last summer, but was pegged to do this one instead, and if you have never seen, if you've never heard of Urban Legend, it tells the story of a group of college students at a remote New England university. The focus of this story is Natalie, a beautifully academically gifted student at the fictional Pendleton University. Natalie and her friends are all involved in the folklore class being taught by Professor Wexler. Wexler regales his class with urban legends, which include Pendleton's own urban legend about a psych professor who murdered students at Stanley Hall 25 years ago. Natalie is the first one to suspect there's a killer on campus, especially after she has ties to all of the victims. No one, including her friends, Wexler, Dean Adams, and the security guard, of course, believe her until it's too late. And now she finds that she and her friends are part of the killer's ultimate urban legend. Last week, we discussed folklore. Today, we get more specific. This is what we call an urban legend contemporary folklore passed on as a true story something you might have heard about mixing pop rocks and soda supposedly your stomach and your intestines burst voila still alive mr cross please he's gonna explode somebody call 911 <laughs> They are the legends we've all heard. Gang members drive around at night with their headlights off. And when someone goes to flash in their high beams to warn them, they kill them. The stories we've all told. A guy and a girl, and they're parked out in the woods. The guy steps out, and the girl starts to hear these scratching noises. It's her dead boyfriend hung from a tree. The tales we've all listened to. Isn't there another story about a guy with an axe hiding in a woman's back seat? My mom still checks the back seat before getting into a car. But just because it never happened doesn't mean it never will. The decapitated body was found in her car. I knew I should have gone to NYU. This girl, she could have been any one of us. What if there is a lunatic on campus? What is he going to do next, huh? <laughs> Maybe put spider eggs in Bubblicious? <laughs> the idea of an urban legend serial killer. It's a stretch. The call's coming from inside the house. Could it be an urban legend? <laughs> I can help you with. 
to know what's going on here. Someone out there is taking all these urban legends and making them reality. Urban legend. Have you heard the one about the microwave? Boom. Urban legend. Guys, 1998. First time viewing? Seen it before? I don't think so. I think we've all seen this. Yes. This is a, this is a favorite well, of mine anyway. But yeah. So okay. definitely I've seen it many times in high school. And that seemed to carry throughout, I don't know, high school was like more years ago than I care to admit. But, you know, I mean... I don't want to say that there's not a lot of meat to this movie, but I, you, you just remember it, you know, like, I think, I think that, you know, we all grew up kind of reading or hearing the urban legends, which, you know, as the name suggests, it uh, borrows a lot of legends that we're all pretty familiar with, probably. And so that I think in itself is very memorable. The cast is very memorable back in that time and that it was it was an era you know scream had just come out so everyone i think was trying to be a lot like scream um definitely and uh you know back then the stars of the movie were just everywhere you know and uh anyway yeah it's 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 a memorable movie to me and that's why i was excited that you know this is something that you were wanting to redo from the beginning days of the podcast. Speaking of beginning days of the podcast, should I do a creepy headline? <laughs> do you really have one? Do you yeah. have a Oh, yes, please, by all means, take out the rest of the podcast if you need to. <laughs> this is awesome. Let's 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 hear it. So, this is called True and Untrue Urban Legends, and I'm just going to like skip through some of the the fluff of this article. And it's like, or this is the true urban London, it looks like, with the help of Snoops.com terrific database mm-hmm. of some 1,500 urban legends, there are some strange but true tales. You may have heard variations that have fictional embellishments. At least this much is for real, true urban legends. And then, so I'm going to list, I'm going to go through each one, if you don't mind. And, and these <laughs> are mind. 15 that are urban legends, but Snoops.com has said... They're they, true. They're true or partially true or like whatever their metrics yes. are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. The Leaping Lawyer, a lawyer demonstrating the safety of windows in a Toronto skyscraper, deeply crashed through a pane of glass and plunged to his death. Gary Hoy, 38, fell from the 24th floor of the Toronto uh, Dominion Bank Tower in 1993 as a horrified witness watched. Well, that's really sad. Yeah. The accidental video porn star. In 1986, the sheriff of Council Grove, Kansas, accidentally returned an erotic video of him and his wife having sex to his local rental store. Soon, everyone in town seemed to have a copy. Dang. Sorry, That's sheriff. That's like the worst nightmare. <laughs> oh. Cadaver Kin. In 1982, a student at the University of Alabama School of Medicine recognized one of the nine cadavers taken to her class for dissection. It was her great aunt who had one time discussed the merits of donating one's body to medical science. You can't see my jaw, but it's on the floor right now. That's crazy. (laughs) 
a flying lawn chair. In 1982, Larry Walters of Los Angeles soared thousands of feet in the air on a lawn chair tethered to 45 weather balloons. He got so high, he disrupted air traffic and was eventually fined $4,000 by the Federal Aviation Administration, the 33-year-old Vietnam vet purchased the chair from Sears, hoping to fly it 300 miles from his home to the Mojave Desert. Okay. All right, Larry. Damn. The pool pervert. In 1994, a 33-year-old Floridian, is that like people from Florida? Is that is Floridian. A Floridian, man, Floridian man? Got his penis trapped in the suction hole of a public swimming pool while apparently seeking sexual pleasure. Paramedics shut off the pool pump, but the man's penis had become extremely swollen. They struggled for more than 40 minutes to pry him loose. After lubricating the suction fitting, the man was taken to Lakeland Regional Medical Center. Yeah, that's that's the end of that one. That was a treat. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. That's interesting. I, I appreciate that, Pete. We got a creepy headline. Awesome. I always love a creepy headline. And some urban legends, you know, the movie is urban legend. Pete, you just read us several that were apparently proven true. Kind of before we like roll into it, I was curious then, how would you guys define an urban legend? Like what is an urban legend? I would say it's kind of like scary gossip, you know, and then you just take it as – truth because you're like you kind of said it in the beginning or like i heard it from a friend of friend you know it's just like it's like you're like oh trust me it's true because i know it happened to someone but it's like you don't really know that person yeah according to the internet (laughs) a humorous or horrific story or piece of information circulated as though true, especially one purporting to involve someone vaguely related to or know the teller. So yeah, it's gossip that's usually horrific or like humorous. Like it's some some piece of dirt that's supposed to be true, but there's no way of proving or who knows if it's true or not. Yeah, but it's or like it's like hard to prove. Yeah, that, or maybe there is like a grain of truth to it, and then over time as word of mouth, you know, travels, it becomes something totally else. Kind of like, I guess, the game of telephone, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it just keeps getting embellished more and more. Yeah, that's a good point. Are there any urban legends that you guys, you know, hold close to your heart or believed to be true and then were told, hey, that's just an urban legend? Uh, I, I got one. Lindsay, do you have one? No, I was going to say the whole entire series of scary stories to tell in the dark is very close to my heart. So no specific ones, just all of them. So (laughs) take it away, Pete. When I was in Cub Scouts, um, they told us like we were going to go snape hunting. And I thought that was a real animal. I can't remember how to describe snape to me. But like this animal doesn't exist, to be clear. (laughs) So like... You know, the troop leaders like captured it in like a sack, and then they had like, I think they had like fishing line that huh. someone was pulling on to make it look like like there was an animal like scurrying in there. And then we're all like all gathering, like, oh my god, like what's happening? And then like, and then he opens up the bag, and there's like a hole in the bag, and then there's like 
like a like fur. It's like, oh my god, it shed its fur. And then like <laughs> like I remember this so vividly that like that like a snipe was able to shed its fur to escape our clutches. And I was just like <laughs> I was totally I was totally fooled by this. Like I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> to be fair, I think most of us would have been in your shoes. I also was like eight years old, so Yeah. Yeah. But like prime good, audience for they like fucking tricked us so hard. <laughs> yeah. Or me or me specifically. I was completely fooled. <laughs> so when did you find out the truth? Maybe like that maybe like the next year, maybe I feel like they're like, Hey, what happened to that? snipe hunt oh, and then like my. you know someone like some older kids like yeah that's not true oh man yeah <laughs> just like, we're, like i don't remember i wasn't crushed like a santa claus thing you no. know i found that santa claus wasn't real right well my dad told me <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> my mom was so pissed <laughs> well how old were you i was a little young i feel like i was like 10 or 11 yeah, I guess if I had an urban legend, I don't even know if it's an urban legend, but if you guys know like the Peoria State Hospital or the Bartonville Asylum, uh, whatever it might be called where I grew up, there was like, if you Google this pictures of this place, it was basically this old rundown place by the time I was around. But it was like a place for, you know, uh, it was a hospital essentially. Um, and... I went on a, a ghost tour there once, but even before that, there's just been, there was lore around town forever of like, oh, there's, if you go to this level, there's a woman who looks out this, this window or in the back, there's the weeping tree and it's the, you'll hear the, the grave digger weeping. I remember you weeping. telling me about this. Yeah, there was so, there's so many different ones. And like in the basement, they left this like raggedy Ann doll down there because there was like, oh, it was this girl's doll. Yeah, you um, don't fuck around with that. You just, you just got it out there. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was. I mean, that would be the biggest urban legend. I don't know if any of that stuff's true, but I mean, the building's there. I was in the building doing like a ghost tour one night, but like there was just so many different things yeah. that happened. There was the grave digger at the weeping tree, and that that doll was downstairs of this one girl, and people always said there were spirits in there, but wow. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see anything that night, but it was terrifying. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. Do you? That guys- must be great. What's that? On that note, sorry. No, you're good. I was going to say that was great to go as a teenager. Oh. That's all I was oh. going to say. Yeah, yeah. On that note, that reminded me, I forgot about this because, you know, college was also longer than I care to say. Um, <laughs> what well, was it? Miller? No, Miller was the library. What was the haunted building on our campus? Oh, yeah. Was I... Phil haunted? No. Not Phil. I uh, mean, Phil was like annoying for its own reasons, Maine? but. I fucking had a class in this Williams. building too. Was it Williams Hall? Maybe. If that's Old Main. I think it was it on like the side closer to like Manchester and Waterson Towers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was Williams. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a, something else. I, don't I know. had a film I, I, class in that uh in that oh, one. Oh yeah. I had a film class there too, so it probably was that building done because I had the international film class was in that building. Okay, yes, that was a great class. Um, but yeah, no, it was the former library and like the librarian haunts the building, right? It's like the old library. It's the old library. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was some, uh, when I was in that class and, like, when we would have to go, like, I would try to make myself feel like it was haunted, but honestly, like, it felt the same as any other building. Like, I didn't have any type of feeling about it. You gotta go there late at night at, like, 3 a.m. Yeah. Bring your Ouija board. Change my mind. And that's why I kind of brought up like these ideas of urban. We defined it and we talked about ones that like in our lives, because as I was watching this movie, which we've already kind of discussed, is like a, a slasher of a, a killer taking people out by urban legends kind of one by one. It made me have the realization that I think a lot of horror movies like the premise to some extent are kind of urban legends or folklore. It's kind of the premise or the setup to get you enticed into what's happening. I know people get killed by those, but like, I mean, I think the Blair Witch Project is a good example of like, oh, there's the Blair Witch and she lives in the woods. And, you know, and people, even when they saw the movie, I feel like believed that it was even real. Like, even after you watched the movie, because the marketing was so good, you believed that this was a true event and not just a movie. Was found footage really like... Was that kind of a new thing at the time, too? Well, uh, I would say Blair Witch was like after this, 99. Um, okay. I think there was like one, I'm trying to think of it, that was like Blair Witch really uh, took a lot from. Set the, set the stage for it, I feel like. Yeah, but I don't think it, I mean, I don't think it was that relevant, but there might have been like one that was like before it, but it didn't have the effect that Blair Witch did. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, that shit felt real. Yeah, and then I mean they marketed it as such. Uh, Apparently, Cannibal Holocaust is claimed to be the first example of found footage. Hmm. Well, he went to trial as well because they thought that was real. Um, they they sure thought did. he actually killed people, and they had or like a dog, right? Is that and he like had to bring the animal to the court or the person to be like, I didn't kill. This yeah, person. they he he was tried because he thought they thought he actually killed the people on film. Yeah, and he had them go into hiding as kind of like a marketing stunt, and then he was like, "Okay, wait, guys, like I'm like gonna go to jail." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm on trial here, which is you know the power of story, but like those are folklore, urban legend, um, and it's the uh, I kind of you know picked up that a lot of horror movies are are set up like that, and just to prove my point, uh, we got this little mashup here. Please, Miss Bradford, please just do as I tell you. Okay. I'll get a No, 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 don't do that, Jess. Yes. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. Have you ever heard of Candyman? No. Well, his right hand is sawn off. He has a hook jammed in the bloody stump. And if you look in the mirror... And you say his name five times. He'll appear behind you, breathing down your neck. You want to try it? We've already made arrangements for relocating the cemetery. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, come on. I mean, that's sacrilegious, isn't it? Oh, don't worry about it. After all, it's not ancient tribal burial ground. It's just people. Besides, we've done it before. When? 76 right down there i got a better one Mm. have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it what kind of tape 
tape, a regular tape. People run it, I don't know. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. Then suddenly, this woman comes on, smiling at you, right? Seeing you through the screen. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. Yeah, so that's just a collection of different ones and, and movies where that's kind of the setup or the opening, the enticing moment of the movie that brings in the scares. Um, do you guys know most of those or what movies they're from? Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, no. I don't think we've we've done one of the movies, I think, that was on there. First one was Black Christmas. That was A Stranger in the House. We then, did that one. Right? Yeah, Don't yeah, we, we did that one, one? Yeah. a while ago. Yeah, then Candyman is the second one, which is like that—that that is an urban legend. Like that, what? Like yeah, a, it was like the same thing in that movie. Then this one, they're in a class for urban legends. It's kind of the same thing in Candyman, but her her fiance in that movie is the professor of like urban legends in Candyman. Okay. But then Poltergeist was in there, and The Ring, of course, The Ring at the end classic urban legend movies right there. But then another thing I noticed that we kind of touched upon in the earlier discussion of when we first did it, we called it not another scream movie. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty proud of that title. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect title. Yeah. It, it, it's dead on because this was like right on the craze of what was going on in the nineties. Like this was yep. scream was 96 and this is 98. And I guess right on the ni- heels. 97 was scream two technically. So yes. scream one and two were out by this point. By and far an- the more, the most successful of, uh, of the bunch. Yeah. And I think, I know you did last summer. Freddie Prince, Freddie Prince head over there. Is that 97? Do you know? I think it's right before this one. I want to say it's 97. I think it it is. I think so, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like, they came in real close. They tried, but ultimately, you know, Scream was just a little bit better. I hate to say that as a fraudhead, but, you know, (laughs) we have to remain objective. I just like all three. Like, if we're talking Scream, Urban Legend. Oh, absolutely. And I know you did last summer. Those are all just, like, great, like, 90s horror, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, they definitely latch on to that. That that I guess what Scream started was like revitalizing the the slasher genre, but also kind of being meta at the same time. Like Scream really was. But I even think that this movie had moments of that. Um, like when the character of Damon, who's played by Joshua Jackson, who's in Scream 2, but he's also in uh, Dawson's Creek at the time, when he he turn, tries to turn on his car and the theme song to Dawson's Creek comes on. <laughs> That's and right. Like, that's I funny. hate this song. Like that's meta, and like they're trying to be funny as well. That's like, great. So I don't. Th- I think it's trying to be horror, but trying to do that same like funny uh, bit that Scream was doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. There were little sprinkles of that throughout the movie, like when the there was at some point it might have been toward the end. I can't remember. Noxima, like the girl from Noxima. Well, that was Rebecca J. Hart who's in that scene. I thought that was, obviously I didn't know that, but I had a feeling by the way they said it. I'm like, mm, that's a meta reference, isn't it? And I looked it up and sure enough. 
right? Yeah, this is this means something. Yeah, <laughs> and like even uh, uh, if you a horror, um, the professor, Professor Wexler, who does Urban Legends, is Freddy Krueger. It's Robert England, uh, the actor who plays him. So okay. he's in the horror genre. There's two other characters in this movie. This will, I'm throwing it at you guys uh, that are in the horror genre that are for another horror franchise. Do you know who those, the characters were in the movie? I, I can't, I can't remember. Okay. Well, the, the more obscure one is uh, the, the gas station attendant. Uh, I wrote his name. Oh, down. he's Chucky. It's, is it a Brad Dourif? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, you distracted my memory. He, he's in, Alien, I think, or Exorcist Three, but Chucky's the big one. Yeah, yeah. Child's Play. He's also in Lord of the Rings. Yes, Lord of the Rings. As a creepy person. <laughs> yeah. And and the other one is Tosh. Her name is Tosh. That's the roommate. That's Daniel Harris, and she's uh, in Halloween Four and Five. She plays Jamie in the original Halloween, and she's also in the Rob Zombie remake. So. We have someone from Nightmare on Elm Street, from Child's Play, and Halloween in Urban Legends. And Scream, I guess, if you want to count Joshua Jackson. So yeah. you got Scream in there. They got all over the board. Yeah. I love horror movies on college campuses. Like, <laughs> I that's one of the that's things a good... that I... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Scream 2. Like, Scream, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's I'm... it's a good it's a good setting for it. Yeah, that plus, you know, I have something like for whatever reason, I really like the Northeast having been there exactly one time. But um, I think, I don't know, I just love the fact that it's in the Northeast. I think we see a license plate that says Maine. So I'm thinking, okay, this is probably Maine where we're at. And it's a college. It's more of fall. I think yeah. it's like they get more of a fall in the yes. Northeast. And that just great for halloween exactly like the overall feel to it i just love like all of those things about it i agree i i I like i think college setting is always i don't know why i like it more than a high school setting but to your northeast point it just seems like there's always it's it's an older part of the country so like there's more history so like you know there's more of that lore that could be there witches or ghosts something from the past and the colors of fall, like you were saying, Pete, I think really lend itself well. Like that that look, the oranges and things like start going from green to browns and oranges and, and things, yellows, and even the architecture. Secret societies, I feel like. Secret yes. to, yeah. You know, that's that's got to be in the fucking Northeast, right? You know, the Freemasons or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and those like big buildings, like give me that imagery too. Like those like those stone buildings or whatever they're in. It's like, it just looks like yeah. old architectures, old meeting halls and stuff. Um, bell towers, yeah. So it's always it's always fun, and I think it's Maine. They said there was a big storm coming into the Northeast too, as well. So I don't know exactly where, but it's de- they literally said you got a big storm coming tonight to the Northeast mm-hmm. on the new on the news instead of wherever they're at. <laughs> yeah. Also, did you guys notice? I mean, I think like I noticed this more because of how things are right now. But did you notice the dollar fourteen? A gallon gas at the beginning of the movie. No, that's a good point. I did not. I did not check the gas station. <laughs> I know you can't compare 2022 to like 1998, but damn, like, wouldn't that be nice? Right. Yeah. 
That's crazy. 98 to yeah, 20 something years. Yeah, why, yeah, they were why so was young she... then. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to worry about the world ending. <laughs> right. Yeah. She should have been pulling over sooner. Michelle Mancini. If she ran, she's pulled over because she's running out of gas, but it's a, it's a buck 18. Just, just head on in. It's nothing. You just what fill you up. Yeah. <laughs> just put $5. You fucking, you're good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, that's the opening sequence and, and she will get killed. But that's one of my, I guess, favorite urban legends. Not only of the movie, but in general, like someone's in the backseat of the car. And you don't know it. Check. Always, always check. check the backseat, like to this day, for that reason. What about the, you know, someone under your car? You know, like the, it's that like one too. Cut yeah. you, Achilles yeah. heel. And that happens to the dean. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That that's one a is, tough one. Yeah. Yeah, I was really excited by the opening sequence. I know I've seen this several times, but like just watching it again, I still think it's a solid opening sequence where it's. Like it's serious, it's scary. It, like the rain's coming down, and the gas station attendant's there, and like basically tries to tell her that someone's in the back. But I also think it's that tongue in cheek that like they're trying to be funny, where she's listening to "Turn Around." Yeah, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, and it's saying "Turn Around, Bright Eyes," um, and she's just belting it out, not looking in the back seat. How do you think this ranks amongst like '90s horror? I know we were kind of talking about it earlier, a brief second. But like, I feel like '90s get like a bad rap for horror movies, because like I think Scream just really kind of like just tops it all for most people. But you got some good ones in here, like this one, Candyman, like we said, and uh, I would say like Event Horizon, which is another movie I'm pretty sure we did, and I, I like that one a lot. That's a tough question, <laughs> but. I'll, I'll try to give it my best my best answer. But I was actually listening to another podcast, a horror one. They were talking about um, Scream specifically, but then they got talking about 90s horror. And they were saying like there was like a huge – like one, people were saying like they were 90s horror because there was like a, a lot of rehashing of like movies that were big – like Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. They're like churning out ones that – could just make a quick profit. But then also they said there was like backlash when Scream came out. That like people who were diehard horror fans, some of them like were like against that one because like it was, they thought they were like poking fun at people who really liked making horror movies. Of, making fun of horror movies. Yeah. 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 And so like then all those, the ones that came after it, like this one, uh, I know you did last summer there, they were just like, nope, not going to see it because it's trying to cash in on like what Scream did. And we're, we don't like that. So there's like that double backlash for the 90s. That's why I feel like it's shit on for like those, I guess those two different ways. Um, but to your point, uh, to your question, where does it fall? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I, I mean, I, it's a little nostalgic for me maybe, but I always enjoy going back to it. I think it's not as good as his predecessors like Scream or, or even I know you did last summer. Yeah. But I still think it's got, it's you know it's got the slasher formula it follows it's even more so like where scream and i know you did last summer were maybe more in sort of the kills were a little more brutal where or like it was more meaningful you knew the characters you knew the characters in this one but it almost felt like almost the 80s gimmick like you know when because because it it is a gimmick like urban legends but it kind of felt like oh how are what's the next kill gonna be how is it gonna happen 
which is a little different than like those uh, slasher ones that were Scream and, and we did this summer. It, it kind of falls more into like, I think a Friday the 13th kind of situation where like mm-hmm. the reason why you're watching that movie is for f- Jason to get a cool kill or something like you're, you're yeah. almost like rooting for Jason at the, uh, for some of those movies because it's just like these characters suck and you're just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like I would agree. I would probably put it. I would definitely. I don't know why I said probably. I am not unsure about this. I would put it behind Scream and I know what you did last summer. I think, you know, obviously a very glaringly obvious thing about this one is like it's almost cartoonish how like nobody believes the main character, um, Alicia Witt's character, like, hey, you know, things are going on. And like everybody just laughs at her and like thinks she's crazy. And like those other movies, I can't remember. I could be wrong. I think everybody was a little bit more aware of what was going on, you know, and this time there was just like total denial on the part of almost everybody else. That's true. There was even the dean was trying to cover it up because there was a massacre. <laughs> yeah, before yeah, like this. It, it was the re, it was the anniversary of this twenty fifth anniversary massacre that he was covering up. So he was like, "No, nobody's getting killed like this." So he, he wanted to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where in Scream, it was like they, they like called school off, and there was like a curfew, right, and, right. and stuff. That's true. Took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like when I was watching this one, Damon, which is Joshua Jackson, and then Parker, who is Lex Luthor. What's his name? Is it Matt Rosenbaum or Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah, it's Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. Michael Rosenbaum. I definitely feel like these two characters are written to reflect like Stu and Billy a little bit, or like two Stews almost from Scream 1, which is Matthew Lillard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I definitely get that vibe from both of them on this watch because I had just watched the Screams recently, like all five of them. I need to rewatch four because uh, we talked about it a little bit when the new Scream came out, like how much we liked it compared to the other ones. Yeah. I still really like Scream 4 quite a bit. I think it just gets overshadowed because it was like in between everything, but it's still really good. It's still really good. Yeah, I agree with that. Before, before like this next point, you were talking about 90s horror where it falls. Can you mention Candyman? Candyman is 92. Mm. So like, I always find that interesting where it's like 96 was Scream and then you got like this slasher craze after, but Candyman was kind of early 90s and like during that, like the time period where the slashers were being repeat, like it was the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and Halloween 6 and this like really, I would say Candyman's almost like a gothic tale too, not even just slasher. Yeah, like, people are pretty urban legend for out. sure at this point because there were so many sequels in the 80s like you know obviously there's just a lot of horror slasher horror especially but like you know there's like fucking like four friday the 13th and like f- at least five halloweens and five jasons like <laughs> you got a lot of sequels in the 80s yeah J- jason was pumping them out every year i just That's watched this past october it was like every year it's crazy it's impressive. Yeah. That's crazy. It was like Saw, though, when we were youths. Youths. That's true. Saw, Saw is very similar to that. It's like our franchise because there wasn't really like another. We didn't have multiple franchises like that pumping them out at the same time. 
I think the only one I can think of would be like Paranormal Activity, but it's not like Slasher. It's Paranormal. That's true. Ghost. That's a very that's a but they had more of a space because like they released like what yeah. five and then like I feel like the fourth and fifth one were like much later. Yes, that's true. It wasn't like there's like there was seven I think saws in a row and then they made they took a couple of years off and did that jigsaw one and then they just did spiral but they're still going that's right i forgot about spiral <laughs> they're still going <laughs> there's not a lot to say about the plot like i like the movie obviously as i said that before i'm not gonna hide my answer again um <laughs> but yeah it's just like like it's like they do they do urban legend killings and that's the that's the gimmick of the whole movie and it's it's a fun ride it's kind of yeah. like you know killer clowns from outer space it's like yes how many how many clown themed kills can we do and this is like how many urban legend kills can we do that's a very good comparison i think in that way i would like to discuss so we find out you know who the killer is we find out what the motive is it makes sense i mean well not really because like i think that's a really extreme reaction but like i understand why she's mad (laughs) you know um but i feel like especially toward like the middle and the end you know everything's happening so close together like these people getting killed like i feel like it's hard to believe that she didn't have a partner with how close together yeah it doesn't it does seem like you would have that and like especially yeah. with like doing like my favorite scene i think is like when she's after like tara reed and like yeah. she's like on the radio like that is that what's going on right now on your in your screen yes <laughs> that's great yeah that i think that seems pretty fucking phenomenal honestly it's very well done mm-hmm. it yeah it is and i actually read the script when i watched it last night um, but the script actually, I think this is very good. The script, I think was even better and they left some stuff out. Like the person talked <laughs> the person, the killer talked to huh. Sasha, which is Tara Reed and like taunted her during this, which is very interesting. Yeah. I think they, it makes it sense. They want to, yeah, exactly. They, they want to keep the killer a secret. It's not like a ghost face where he's got like the yeah a the voice m- changer. You can't do that. It's like you're yeah. already copying Scream a lot. You can't do that too. <laughs> yeah, and there's a line in the script where it's at the very end where Brenda, spoilers, uh, <laughs> is shot, um, and Natalie's character goes, "We got to make sure it's dead. We got to. They always come back or whatever. We got to shoot it." And I was like, oh, that's like direct scream. That's like super that's, meta. That, yeah, that's <laughs> very <not> movie. <laughs> They're probably like, no, we can't do that. That's We'll get sued for that that's one. That's a little too obvious. Yeah. Now, as we're approaching the end, I, I do have a question for Lindsay because she was not on the last episode where we talked about this movie. But we, we learned who the killer is as we're in Stanley Hall and Natalie's tied up in the bed and they're going to do the, the kidney urban legend where someone basically wakes up and they have their kidney removed. Um, cause they're going to sell it in the black market or something. That's what's going to happen. We learn it's Brenda. We learn it's Brenda, her best friend. Did you enjoy the way she described her? Uh, I guess, what did you think of the visual aid? Was it, <laughs> what did you think, the visual aid that she used to describe how she did it. <laughs> Help me remember. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. 
it, it, it just cracks me up, like, the idea of, like, you know how they have those monologues. She goes, but thankfully for you, Natalie, I have a visual aid. And she brought the projector up uh-huh. into the room. And it's just, like, that's where we see the clippings of her boyfriend and stuff. Yes. Okay. We're, like, it makes sense because we can visually see it. But, like, that seems like such a a stretch for her to, like, bring a projector in and make a What's PowerPoint. The, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> What's the movie? Was this, like, I think it's, like, Manhunter or something. Like, one of the you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs books. Oh. Like it's like, he's got the projectors. Like, do you see, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's like, isn't that, that's, that's from that, right? Uh, I'm not <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, okay. yeah. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I, was, I haven't I seen I think it. I want to say it's Manhunter that uh, it's like a killer and he's just like showing the doctor. He's like, do you see? And it's like, I make fun of it and like a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think, yeah. Like it goes to show like how deranged the, she is like you've been obviously uh you've been hurt for some time and you know we can all understand that but damn like how did you arrange for a projector to be uh in the midst of all the of everything you've done but you know she's done a lot of the impossible so i guess it's not totally out of character no, that's true. That's a good point. And a projector is not as bad as all the dead bodies that she dragged into the other room. So which she ha- she had them all in there. Like she had to have dragged them across campus and brought them into that room. <laughs> so, which again, I don't know if the believability of it is really there. Right. Yeah. There's some you know suspend your disbelief a little as it rolls towards the end. Like the first couple urban legends are you can you can get it, but yeah, as it progresses, mm-hmm. they get more and more. Um, but I, I had a, a point to bring up about the ending, but real quick, uh, Rebecca Gerhardt, Brenda is the killer scream Two as well. Um, we were bringing up Joshua Jackson. She is in scream Two as well. Um, so she was in that one and this one, but I thought it was interesting of a take. I, I don't know if this was the point of the movie in, in some way, but Natalie, basically everything's happening around her, our main character and her friends are being killed off by urban legends. Uh, but Brenda is basically trying to kill her at the end because her and her friend Michelle uh, played the gang initiation urban legend on her boyfriend driving the car and her boyfriend died or her fiance. So mm-hmm. in that scenario, Michelle, she's the first person in the opening scene who gets killed. She was driving the car that night, um, the night that Brenda's fiance was killed and Natalie was in the uh, the passenger seat. But Brenda killed Michelle at the very beginning, the driver who was doing it. And that's the first scene. And it's all culminating to get to Natalie, who was the person in the passenger seat. And Brenda in her monologue is like, you weren't driving, but it was your car and you were there or whatever. So it almost seems like she's more mad at the bystander or the person who didn't stop it rather than the person who did it. I think it's because she's like trying to get revenge and yeah. like the person that did it is dead. So she's like, you're the next best thing. Right. But she killed Michelle in the first scene. That's the first scene. She wanted more blood. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're right. You got me there. I don't know. Well, maybe she's trying to punish uh, Natalie a little more by killing off the people around. I don't know. Then again, like some of those people weren't 
very close to her. Like Michelle wasn't close to her anymore. She seemed pretty irritated by Damon most of the time, which I would be too. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know if I can really make sense of that. Actually, now that you say that, it, it just seemed like more so she wanted to kill Michelle, who was the person who was driving the car, who was initiating the urban legend on her boyfriend. Just kill her because she did it. But she wanted to like torture or punish Natalie, who was the bystander, the person who could have stopped it, who could have said, mm-hmm. who could have, you know, this person, Michelle was doing all this stuff and she was gung ho to do this stupid thing and it killed it. But you let it happen. You remained neutral to this person who was, you could have persuaded from stopping to do this. And I, that's all I can take is like the message of like, just because you didn't do it, if you were there to stop it, you deserve more punishment yeah maybe like the act itself the fact that she wasn't like for or against it she like was like angrier angrier that she didn't take a stance at all i think she did like i think in the car she was like hey michelle like stop but like obviously that wasn't enough and like how would uh rebecca gayhart's character know that so i think she was against it but michelle didn't care so yeah, I mean, ultimately it changed. It did not change the outcome, you know, and that's all that she could see, I'm sure. That is a great point that I didn't even think about. I was trying to give this movie credit for being like, oh, it was a bystander thing and trying to stop a person. And maybe ultimately they were still, but like, you're right. How would Brenda have known what Natalie was doing in that car in that moment? <laughs> How would she have known? <laughs> maybe she was like, stop, stop, stop. Oh my God. And like freaking out, but she didn't want to like jerk the wheel. And drive right. them into a ditch or something. Great point. So here's a yeah. simple here's a simple answer. She is mentally deranged. Yeah, that too. That's true. I thought at the end, Rebecca K. Hurt did a really good job of uh, of being that in that character. It's funny because I always, uh, I think I said it the first time we recorded that I I always think it's Denise Richards for some reason, and they <laughs> like. I think they, they kind of look like each other from certain angles. Mm-hmm. And it's like in Denise Richards, it's in another movie that this guy directed. She's in Valentine, which I think is an, a movie that you would really like, Lindsay, because it's like, it's just got real 90s charm to it. That's all you need to say. I'm so. Yeah. And it's uh, got the guy from Angel in it. Uh, David, yeah. David whatever Boring. the hell his last name. Thank David you. Boring I can never say his name. Yeah. And Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl's in it. And, I actually uh, didn't remember that. <laughs> and it's one of the girls from Urban Legend 2. And I think her name is Mary Shelton, who plays uh, one of the officers in Scream 4 and 5. So it's got a lot of people. <laughs> and it's yeah, by the same guy who did this cast. movie. It's a good movie. I like that one. But we, we kind of talked about the ending and how we know it's Brenda and, you know, we – Natalie kind of saves the day with Paul, who's Jared Leto, the journalist, and Reese, the security guard. Um, we barely touched on her, but she's oh yeah, who like thinks she's like Pam Greer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, she thinks she's like a movie star almost. Like she's she's like ready, you know. She like wants the action. She like yeah, she like wants to be like you know like Dirty Harry or something. Yeah, <laughs> and. If you watch this movie and you like her performance in this movie, don't worry. She's in the second one uh, at a different university, like um, but doing I, the same thing. 
I just didn't appreciate how she dismissed uh, Natalie. Like, but then again, everybody did. You know, everybody treated her like she was crazy, and I just did not appreciate that as a uh, as the viewer. Yeah, she was nuts. And, yeah, I think she like came around later on in the movie, but it was like obviously a little too late because we already lost some people. But better late than never, I guess. Yeah, I think it was after like she was in the the room where the dean was basically dismissing Natalie and Paul for who they thought maybe Wexler was behind it. And he was basically like, keep your mouth shut. Don't tell if you see anything, you call me. You don't tell anybody anything. And she's like, well, this Dean kind of sucks. And maybe those, <laughs> ki- maybe those kids were right. Maybe there is something going on. Yeah. yeah, Cause she asked for more guards. She says, Hey, just based on what everything that's going on here, maybe we should have some more guards this weekend. And he's like, no, <laughs> you don't do anything unless you hear from me. I'm just the one guard for an entire college. That's right. <laughs> one security guard, the whole force. <laughs> we didn't see anybody else. It reminds me of a character. Did you guys ever watch Scream Queens? I didn't know. Oh, I heard of it. it's great. It's, it's really fun. Unfortunately, only two seasons, but there's like a security guard. Similar type of vibe. She's just like a funny, like security guard who just like is ready for the action Mm -hmm. and it's she's played by a comedian too and then she has like i feel like like this level but like slightly higher and more funny performance and i'm gonna actually look her up because i can't remember her name (laughs) yeah and to that point about the security guard referencing scream i do think like it's different but the same where Dewey, I think, in Scream is like a comedic relief kind of character, like a Barney Fife type of cop. And I think Reese is meant to be like that. They play it differently, mm-hmm. I think. I think she's less bumbling, less bumbling, but more comedic relief. And he's supposed to be like a bumbling comedic relief character. But they're both like the law enforcement character that's that. supposed to have it together. But like she, she wants to be the superhero and he's he does, too. He, you know, he just wants to be treated with respect, kind of, where it doesn't. Tatum, which is his sister, call him Officer Doofus or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, the actress, the actress's name is Niecy Nash, and she's very funny in that show. Nash. Well, after uh, Reese and Natalie and Paul, they save the day. Brenda comes back to life after they stopped her and <laughs> tries to kill him again. And, you know, the ironic twist. But then there's another ending. There's almost a third ending. There's the one where she dies. Then she comes back. And then the third one where they're at like a new campus and it's a whole new yeah. cast of yeah. college students. What did you guys think of, of that finale of the movie? My question is, did this girl really, okay. Like they threw her over that bridge or whatever. And like, how are we supposed to think that that was survivable? But anyway, did this girl Rasputin, really Rasputin survive that shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, did this girl really, cut her losses and run after that? Like, did she just, like, throw in the towel, like, with trying to kill them, and just, like, ended up at this, wherever we are? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why she would just give up after that. Why she wouldn't come back to Natalie and, like, Paul? Right. And try to take... Yeah, I guess she... she, Maybe she just completely snapped? Maybe she was, like, halfway snapped, and she had a rationale for her killings of Natalie. It had a... It had a reason, but then she's like completely snapped. Now she's like, I'm just going to kill college students. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah, anymore. I think, it's a full time 
I actually kind of stick by like she wants to create urban legends. So she's like, oh, yeah. started, you know, she's saying one at the end. You know, it's like yeah. the whole story is a whole new urban legend. Well, right. They're telling the story and like she like it pans to her. Eventually we see her in the in the group and she's like, actually, it's like this. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And they were talking I mean, about such... the, the Pendleton killings. Like we were the movie uh-huh. we just watched. They were talking right, about that urban right. legend. So obviously she would know. She's got the first hand experience. <laughs> That's yeah. like classic though. Like when you're like having like debates like with your friends, especially in like college, I feel like you're like, yeah, it's it's really like this. <laughs> yeah, and I was kind of curious. I and spe- that was when this one ends on that cliff cliffhanger. Uh, I have two points. One is I read the script, so I have an interesting tidbit on how it actually ended in the script. But the the real thing is that's how the movie ends with Rebecca Gerhart being like, this is how it happens. And I watched the second movie, okay? So I was like, okay, what's going to happen here? Does it pick off pick up right where it left off with her? The answer is no. No. <laughs> the answer is no. Um, she's Don't not in it. Don't give the people what they want. Um, it's a different university. But I will say Rebecca Gerhart does make an appearance – but it's not like a it's not a straight continuation from where this one ended to she's at another university. I guess that would make sense because you would know who the killer is. I guess you if True. you're really clever, you could have written a, a movie from like her perspective, kind of like the movie Peeping Tom. If you've ever seen that one. That's, That's a great movie. Right. You could have maybe made something like that. I don't know if it would have sold or anything, but or been as popular. But that's Urban Legend too. <laughs> but the movie, real quick, how it ended in the script. That Brenda scene did not happen. It was basically the same. Like there was a bunch of college students talking about a urban legend and they were talking about the one that happened at Pendleton. So that's all adds up. But then one girl who was like, oh, it's not true. The camera follows her out into the campus on the quad. And she like, she feels like she hears something or like sees a shadow and she's like, hello. And then the camera like pans from like in front of her or whatever. And it's that parka that the killer wears in this movie and an ax um, in their hand and they quickly like grab, put their gloved hand over the person's mouth and it cuts to black. So like it was supposed to be the killer still out there. Is it Brenda? You don't know. Is it a copycat? But that's how it, I think that ending is slightly better. I would well, say. And that could have lent itself to, you know, a different um, approach to the second movie. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah, it was interesting. It reminded me of a scream ending because a lot of the screams end with like yeah. that really quick flash of ghost face. Or even like a, you know, a, a, I know you did last summer too because it's like, it's like a different killer every time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, both are creepy because, yeah, I don't know. That's one they didn't use though. That could have had more potential, I guess. I don't know. It seems like they potentially were hoping for, this is my thoughts, that with this, if it was really successful, they were going to make some sort of franchise. Maybe Rebecca Gearhart would be in it way more because she's in the second one. So I feel like they attached her to it somehow, like immediately, like with a second movie. So like she had to be in it because if you see the second movie, she's really in it for like three seconds and it really pays no service hmm. to the, the plot at all. No, it doesn't. And so it's just like maybe they had a different vision and she was going to be in the second one more. So that's why they added that instead of what they had in the script originally. 
the rest is history. And then we got Urban Legend 3, Bloody Mary. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know, though? I mean, I just talked about they're hoping to be more successful. Do you know? Uh, budget box office. What do you think this movie was budgeted as in 1998 for the slasher craze? I didn't look this million. up at all. I'm saying 19 million. 19 million? million? All I'll right. say... You know, prices right them. Between 20 and 30 million. It was made for a modest 14 million at the time. Mm. Okay. And it made back Seventy-two and a half million. So yeah, pretty good success. We could say commercially. Yeah, definitely commercial. I think it was panned. Yeah, (laughs) critically when it came out. No, most horror movies are. Yeah, and I I think even more so during this time, Scream wasn't per se, but I think people were super horror. Yes, to your point, yes, they do. But secondly, I think people were like ready to be like, oh, it's just a Scream knockoff it's yes yeah, scream knockoff and they're gonna even more so give it be, be harsher to it um but i mean it led to urban legends final cut which i think came out two years later i think it was 2000 and then 2005 was a direct to video sequel urban legends bloody mary where you get kate mara in the lead and rooney mara's first role oscar nominated rooney mara's first role ever is in urban legends bloody mary so you heard it here first on the podcast I wonder if they try not to think about that. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like a lot. I mean, a lot of people, I feel like, do get starts in horror movies. Um, Johnny Depp did. You know, we talked about that. Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Bacon in big franchises. This is even a big franchise. And it's like the third one in not a very big franchise. Like Kevin Bacon was in the original Friday the 13th. Right. And that same with Johnny Depp. Like he was in what's regarded as like a classic horror movie. So, yeah. yeah, but I don't know if this is in trivia. I I hope I don't. If it, if I step on it, Lindsay, we'll cut out mine. You can use it in trivia. I um, don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, there. This movie is supposed to get remade. Um, really? As of 2020, that was the go. So like 2020, this was to be determined. This is going to be a, and they have a director attached to it. This is going to be remade. I want to be in that movie. And I can only imagine it's going to happen because of the success of Scream. Like, yeah, they've seen it. Yeah, that's fair. People are like, like, oh, people like that a lot. And what if we just made Urban Legends, but like the same way? So it's like hip to a new generation, but like the old generation will want to go see Urban Legends. Yeah. And then we'll do exactly what we did back (laughs) in the 90s with Scream following on its uh, success or trying to ride the coattails. 25 years later. Yep. That was a little <laughs> harsh. Like, I didn't mean it as mean as it sounded, but it's still true. And there's, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah. like, TV show. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. that got, I, I got canceled, I'm pretty sure. But I had a coworker said that it was, like, decent to me. Yeah. It just came out, though. Like, it's season one, right? If it got yeah, canceled. I think, it's, I, got, like, yeah. I think I got canceled, like, right away, but... I think it was like maybe an Amazon show. So it's like, I feel like shows are, it's hard to last on Amazon. It's like, you got to be like uber popular to like stay on it. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think, I, I I can't speak for everyone else, but I don't know that many people that religiously watch shows on Amazon. So and there's so many like, other 
the really popular ones like like the one i hear a lot is like the boys or like uh that's like really the main one i hear about and like maybe no actually i can't even think of another one i think of what i watch but i feel like it's not as popular yes uh Lindsay, do you have any trivia for us for urban legend the urban legend 1998 <laughs> There's a lot to sift through, which is nice. Like when you, you know, try to find some things that maybe you know, maybe you don't. Um, but so first off, the casting. Okay, so like nothing against Alicia Witt. No offense, you did fine, but there were a lot of other actresses and talks for this role, and I really could see literally any of them being good with it like Reese Witherspoon she's a classic same with uh Sarah Michelle Geller for the role of Sasha like that's such an SMG role that would have been great um but back to Natalie apparently uh Sabrina the Teenage Witch was in talks for the Natalie role too oh wow um and then of course the best of the best in my opinion Jennifer Love Hewitt um ultimately turned down the role of Natalie as well for a good reason. I think, you know, she didn't want to be typecast as the scream queen from, you know, I know what you did last summer. And um, so we got quite a few no's from a lot of big names. Um, And I could see it working with any of them. But like I said, I think ultimately, I think they cast Alicia because they thought she was playing against type, which that makes sense. I, I, then again, I don't even know what else she's done, but I think she was semi big or like a potential star on the rise at this time and just never mm-hmm. took off. So we don't really know. Yeah. She's not as much of a household name like Melissa Joan Hart is or Sarah Michelle Geller. Right. Um, so yeah, she got this role, but didn't really take off in other stuff. No. And like everybody else, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting how these things work out sometimes, but, um, and then I have two other small. Oh, I, I was just going to say. Yeah, please. Thank you. I had a correction I was going to make from the last episode, but you brought it up. So I appreciate you did. I said Sarah Michelle Geller was up for the role of Natalie, which on the research this time it was Sasha. And I said oh, Natalie okay. in the episode last time. Okay. So, corrected in the vault, bringing it out of the vault, <laughs> making corrections. Six years, five years later, better yeah. late than never. Um, Okay, so just some small things. So I didn't know this. I would have never picked up on this, um, except for, you know, IMDb. Uh, that's their job. So they say um, the Latin motto of the university, which is uh, on its emblem in some scenes that you can see, I guess, like I said, didn't notice myself. It translates to the best friend did it, which I think is like, ooh, that's sinister. Yeah. If you only know Latin, you would have been able to pick it up right from the get go. Yeah. So, I mean, people that know it, you know, you would have you would have known probably. But anyway, and then just something small that I think, you know, I don't really remember not seeing these. You know, we are still relatively young, Um, but it was one of the first movies, I guess, to feature like the new Pepsi blue cans, um, which were they only were introduced to the country in 1998. So that was like the cutting edge. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love seeing the cutting cutting edge chat rooms too. <laughs> with Tosh. Right. It's called like Goth for You or something like that. Oh yeah. That was funny, like when I was uh doing the research on her character, they were like, Yeah, she was originally written to be a lot bitchier than she was. I'm like, <laughs> how much worse could she have gotten? She was pretty bad already. <laughs> right. <laughs> She, she was pretty bad, but there are two lines in this movie that are like, no, there's only one really. It, everybody seems to hate her in that dorm, but when she's like having sex, the person's like, uh, oh, it sounds like Elvira is making more noise than usual in there, which is like fine. Like you're poking fun at her, I guess, whatever. But the worst one is when she's she's killed or even she committed suicide. I thought it was suicide. Either yeah. way, murdered or, or there was a suicide. The one girl goes to the paramedics coming in. You might want to check her pulse again. What is it? She she looks like that usually or something or to that effect? <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Where I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's so that girl. Get her out of here. Right? Oh, my God. That is so – wow. Yeah. She just like offhandedly says that. And the two girls like kind of snicker at it. It's like, you're terrible. You're <laughs> that is like – Wow, yeah. I don't have. That's words. like from. That's like the scream in the bathroom, you know, scene where um, she, uh, what's her name? Here's like people talking shit about her. Sydney Prescott. Yeah, thank you. Is that in the first one? It's in the first one. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's like that kind of like, just like fucking like harsh bullying. Yeah, that's it. That was the only corrections I had. Was the Sasha one. So I appreciate that, Lindsay. Hey, anytime. I'm just, I said, I, I really wish Sarah Michelle Gellar would have been in it, but she would have been in Scream 2. Mm-hmm. I know he did that summer. And Buffy, basically within a one-year span. Yeah. And this movie, within a one-year span. I think she did okay she, without it. She should have. She should have. It would have been great. The it perfect would have been for our sake. Quad, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If that rounds out trivia, I think we can move into uh, the ultimate defender destroy. We've reached the conclusion of the podcast. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. Was this Lindsay's pick technically this time around? Yes. Uh, this time around, yes. A very right. enthusiastic pick. All right. Well, Lindsay, with your pick, do you want to lead us off in a defend or destroy? Yeah, I'm sure you guys can tell which direction I'm going um, with this. So, last I checked, this movie has a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do not know, nor do I understand why this movie is so hated. Okay, because it is great. Um, you know, for us in this time now, you know, I think we would consider it to be nostalgia infused. Um, you know, we weren't really old enough to watch this when it first came out, but we weren't too far behind in like the mid 2000s when we were in high school, probably watching it for the first times. Um, is it a masterpiece? No. Uh, does it need to be? Also, no. Uh, 
it's still perfect in my eyes for some reason. It is the perfect Friday night movie. The sequels don't sound great, but I've got to watch them anyway because it's the gift that keeps on giving. And, um, you know, for me, I really, really enjoy this movie. I love, like, I I just love kind of the time it takes us back to, and it's a defend for me. Nice. Oh, P, you want to go? You want to go second? Sure. Yeah, I would uh, keep my defend. I'm pretty sure I defended it last time. I don't think I destroyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, not much else I could really say. It's just, it's just a really fun movie. And sure, it's light on plot and the killer doesn't make sense, but I don't really care. <laughs> it's, just, it's a fun ride. Yeah, I think last time I we, we both defended it. We both definitely defended Urban Legend the first time around. Um, yeah, but to Lindsay's point, you know, this is twenty three percent on Rotten Tomato. Um, I watched the whole series uh, in preparation for this episode. Just for the record, number two is at a whopping nine percent uh, compared to the original twenty three. The original twenty three, but Eva Mendes is in that one, which so. she's she's awesome in that movie, and it's probably one of her first roles. But she's really good in that one. Um, and the third one is actually 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has the <laughs> highest of all three. <laughs> that was a plot twist. All right. There's a, there's a twist for you, but, um, I will in mine, I defended it last time. It's, it's not a masterpiece as, as Lindsay said, but I don't know if it's just like nostalgia for me going back and watching these, like not another scream sequels. I, I kind of love that nineties slasher subgenre. It's fun for me. Maybe it makes me feel like I'm young again. Not that I'm not young, but like <laughs> younger and like that type of movie, but also like the idea of an urban legend of like, I like the idea of that in the movie, but also just in general, like, you know, you're talking about the snipes earlier, Pete, but like believing in urban legends or someone telling you an urban legend. Um, that's just like a, a fun ex- uh, experience to think back on. So I enjoyed that aspect of this movie. Um, but on the whole, I will, as a plot, a plot twist from the original, I'm going to destroy urban legend. Um, even no. though I enjoy it. Um, looking back on Why? it. Why? you got to be like that? <laughs> it's a twist, just like an urban legend. I defended it originally. And I think I defended it for the same reasons I was just going over. It's like, it's a very, very personal enjoyment of this movie. Like it's, I think it's nostalgic, but if I had to like rank it among the pantheon of nineties movies that we were trying to do, I don't think it holds up to like, even I know you did last summer and the screams, I guess is for these is like the, the top tier, but um, I'm going to destroy it this time around. Go see urban legend three bloody Mary. (laughs) 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 But uh, without further ado, then I think that'll wrap up the urban legends urban legend uh, discussion we have two defends and a destroy it used to be an unanimous defend it no longer is was it ever a unanimous defend we'll never know we'll never know if that's true or not we'll never know it's an urban legend out there but thank you for tuning in and sticking with us here for this one i think this is the last one of the the, the vault movies we're doing like going back and looking at yeah the older ones we've done um, so the next time you'll hear from us you'll get a fresh new take on a new horror movie 
So get excited for that. But until then, uh, keep track of us on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's what you hear from us the most. Uh, updates on what we're doing. Or otherwise, just listen for the podcast wherever you listen to them. Because we're there. We're there. You can check us out. But until next time, I'm Matt Johnson and I'll remain in the shadows of Stanley Hall. I'm trying to run away from the ghost in Williams Hall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Lindsay. And uh, don't you want to be an urban legend? All your friends are now.